Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yudches, Daf 18 of Masech Megillah. Uh, today's Daf, uh, we're going to wrap up our discussion yesterday about uh, davening, and then we're going to uh, discuss some uh, halachis of uh, writing Megillah, reading Megillah, things like that. So, uh, alright, well, friends, Let's uh, go right there. One second. I'm hearing some noise. One second. Oh, not hearing it anymore. I wonder what that was. Well, let's move on. All right. So, we... Yeah, what was that? What in the world? Oh, it sounds like some kind of... Ooh, ooh. It sounds like somebody's doing something. Uh, they're probably doing it just to bother me. <laughs> let's go right there. Alright, so uh, we're, we're on the Davyud Ches, about four or five lines before it gets wide. It's not, it's kind of in the middle, because it was like, basically if we didn't stop where we stopped, we'd have to like do half of today's Omud, which I didn't really want to do. So, um, anyways, it says, Mikan Ve'elach, you see where I am? It's about one, two, three, four, four lines before it gets really wide. And um, it says, Mikan Ve'elach. Also, the Sabbath b'shvachos shel Kadosh Baruch Right. So we at yesterday, then the daf we were discussing, um, then the daf we were discussing kind of the canon. I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of the all the brachos and the Shemana Esrei. And now we're saying mikan ve'elach. Other than these brachos that are in the Shemana Esrei, also the Sabbath b'shvachos shel Kadosh Baruch We can't just like make up other blessings. I Meaning we can pray the Eved all we want, Baruch Hashem, but. Uh, but we don't like kind of establish more brachis, like official brachis in the Shemun Esrei as such. Domer Belazer, my dechsev, Kesezo Belazer, what does the Pasuk mean? Mi Malakvurus Hashem, Yashmir Koltila. So who's going to pray, is going to speak the, of the, of the, uh, of the, of the might of God? Yashmir Koltila, so make it be heard, all of his prayers. The Minoy, the Malakvurus Hashem, who is he that, uh, uh, you know, is befitting to praise God. The Mishiachul Ashmir Koltilaso, somebody who could uh, uh, um, say all of his prayer praises. Now, obviously, nobody could say all of the praises of God, and therefore, Mimele, nobody's really in a position to be creating new kind of official brachas. Um, and therefore, so we have the Shemun Esrei. Other than that, we, we don't tamper. A fellow speaks of the uh, praise of the Ebeshter too much. Nekram in Olam. Ho, ho, ho. He's going to be uprooted from the world. Oy, Alright. Well, as the Pasuk says, What's the word? Uh, Ki Yevula. Alright. Let me tell you. So uh, the drush is a super low ki adabra that if you speak too much, you're going to get swallowed up. Alright. So I, again, I think you can praise the Abishter all you want. You can always pray to the Abishter. Right? Levaishi spell Adam Kolyam Kulo. A fellow can always pray, but but he shouldn't uh, make up official brachis for the Shemun Esra. Darshab Yehuda ish kva giburya, ve'amila ish kva giburchayil. All right, fine. So Rabbi Yehuda from the village of Giburya, some takas say giburchayil, 
Um, we have a friend here at Babylon Talmud, right? That uh, his father's name is Ishchael, right? Shmuel Yosef ben Ishchael, I believe. Anyways, my dechsev. What does the pasuk mean? Lechadum Yosehila. What does it mean that for you, God, um, silence is prayer? Is prayer? That the best, the best uh, thing that there is is silence. Hmm. All right. Kiyos Revdimi Omar, when Revdimi came to bubble, to bubble from Eretz Yisrael, he said, I'm a, my Rava, they say in Eretz Yisrael, Mila Besela Mashtoika Betrain, that if the value of a word is one coin, the value of silence is two coins. All right, well, friends, I think maybe then we should uh, wrap up uh, this episode right here, and I'm, I'm just going to keep quiet. Let's go weiter. Kral Ped if a fellow reads the Megillah by heart, he's not Yotza. I could, I mentioned the other day, I could read parts of the Megillah by heart. But if I did that, then we would not fulfill our obligation. Friends, y'all gonna come to Jerusalem and we'll, uh, we'll read the Megillah together? Who's gonna dress up as the donkey of, uh, Rabiosi Timenyukras? Stay away from me. Let's go fight her. Minalan. So how do we know um, that uh, that <coughs> you're not allowed to read the Megillah by heart? So Amr Rabbi says, Rabbi, Asi Zechira Zechira. Well, because we have a Shava of Zechira, that it says, right, in this core, to remember um, by Megillah as well as by Amalek. Okay. So it says in the Megillah that these days are mentioned. It says by Amalek, Zikaron Basefer. Write it down as a remembrance in the book. Malahalim Basefer, Afkam Basefer. Just like by Amalek says, Ksozo Zikaron Basefer. Right, as a remembrance in a book. So therefore, um, also here by Megillah, Edavka has to be in a book that you have to read it from, from the scroll. You can't read it by heart. How do I know that when it says to remember, it actually means to read? Maybe it just means to like study it, to analyze the Megillah. No way, no how. Because the Pazik says, or the Tanya, as we learn in the Bible, says, remember, is it possible that when it says to remember, it means just like internally? When it says, don't forget it, well, when the Pasuk says, don't forget, that means don't forget sort of internally, right, from your heart. So then what does it mean to remember it? Verbally, to actually read the Megillah from a cloth. All right. If a fellow reads the Megillah in Aramaic, so in a translation, so he's not, uh, doesn't fulfill his obligation, uh, how exactly is his fellow reading in Aramaic? If you're going to tell me that it's talking about that it's written in Hebrew, but he's reading it in Aramaic, instead of reading, he's just kind of scanning it with his eyes in Hebrew and then translating it into Aramaic as he goes. But then that's basically reading by heart. He's not reading the text. He's just basically reading it by heart. So the tzricha, dechsiva targum v'kari the targum. No, it's talking about where it's written in Aramaic, and he's reading it as Aramaic. So in that case, um, 
in that case, uh, we're saying that it does not does not work. Can't read the Megillah if in Aramaic it's written in Aramaic. He's reading it in Aramaic. Doesn't work. Avokorin also the Loazos Pelaz Vehule. But to uh, sort of non-Hebrew speakers, you can read it in other languages. So one second. Didn't we just say that if you read it in any language, it doesn't work? We just said if you read it in Aramaic, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in any language. It doesn't work. And now we're saying that you can read it to like, I don't know, English speakers in English. So Avishmuel Damitavayu. So Avishmuel say Belaz Yivani. When it says Belaz that you're allowed to that you're allowed to read the Megillah in another language, it means in Greek. All right, you can read it in Greek. What do you want me to tell you? Hey Chidami, what do you mean by this? Well, if it's talking about that the Megillah is written in Hebrew, but he's he's just you know as he's reading it, he's translating it into Greek. Well, then that would be reading by heart, and we know you're not allowed to read by heart already. It's talking about where it is written in Greek. And we're saying that that would be acceptable. How do you know that God called Jacob El? That he called him El. Who called him El? Uh, God. Because if it enters your mind to say that means that Jacob called the altar uh, God of Israel. And it should say that Jacob called the Mizbech. But it doesn't say that. That he called Jacob El. And who called Jacob El? God. Alright, fine. So what just happened? So Rav and Shmuel said that when it says in the mission that you're allowed to read to non-native uh, Hebrew speakers to, uh, uh, you can read the Megillah to them in their non, right, in whatever language it is. So that's talking about Greek. You can read the Megillah to Greek speakers in Greek. But Mesa, we have a kasha on that. giftis ivris ilmis madoyis yivonis lo yotza. That if a fellow reads the Megillah in Giftis or Ivris or Ilmis or Madoyas or Yervanis or Greek, Lo Yotza, Itaka does not work. Itaka does not work. So we j- so Robin Shmuel is saying that you're allowed to read it to Greek speakers in Greek, yet we have a price that says that if you read the Megillah in Greek, Itaka does not work. Halodami Alullaha. So the Gemara says, no. The Mishnah is assuming like the following Brisa Giftis le Giftim, Ivris le Ivrim, Ilmis le Ilmim, Yivanis le Yivanim. That you're allowed to read the Megillah in Giftis for gifty people, for gifted people. You're allowed to read the Megillah in Ivris for Ivri people. You're allowed to read the Megillah in Ilmis for Ilmi people. And you're allowed to read the uh, Megillah in Yivanis for Yivani people, for Greek people. So, so Yotso, so that works. So, so, okay, so, so you're allowed to read, so, for you're allowed to read the Megillah in English to English speakers. Yoch, if that's the case. Well then, how come Ram and Shmuel are specifically saying that our mission that says that you're allowed to read Lilo Azos Belaz to, right, to foreign language speakers in their foreign language. So Ram and Shmuel say it's talking about Greek. But it seems to be not just Greek. It's also the gifted people and the Ivrim and the Ilmim. So, Lukman Bacholaz, mention any 
non-Hebrew language. Rather, um, our Mishnah is in fact like the Brisa, which means that you can read to English speakers in English, to French speakers in French, etc. That when Ram and Shmuel say that you're allowed to read the Megillah in Greek, it's like an umbrella kind of language. Anybody can hear the Megillah in Greek. The Rav and Shmuel both say Laz Yivani Lakol Kosher that you, that Greek can be uh, you can read the Megillah in Greek for anybody. But one second, didn't we say in the Brisa that you're allowed to read Greek to the Greek people, right? We said you're allowed to read in Giftis for the gifted people. You're allowed to read in in in, in Ivris for the Ivri people. We said you're allowed to read in Greek for the Greek people. Yivanim in Luchuliamalo, implying that you can read to Greek people in. Greek, but not to anybody else. So how come Rav and Shmuel would be saying that anybody can hear the Megillah in Greek? So, Inu the Amr Kreb Shem Well, Rav and Shmuel are saying like Rav Shem that we learned the other day, that's not, and we learned in the Mishnah, Rav Shem Begam Omer, says Rav Shem Begam Liel, Afsfarim lo itiru sheikasvu eli yivanis, that by Sifrei Torah, um, the only acceptable non-Hebrew language that you can write a, 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 a Torah scroll in would be um, Greek. Yivanim Wait, where am I? Eli Yavanis. So why don't Rav and Shmuel simply say that the Lachas like Rav Shimon Gamliel? How come they have to say, you know, as if they're like giving their own, right, pshat, uh, which is that you're allowed to read the Megillah in Greek? Just say that the Lachas like Rav Shimon Gamliel, that you're allowed to read, you know, Sifrei Torah and now the Megillah in Greek. See, Amri Alachuk of Shimon Gamliel, if they would just say that the Alachuk like of Shimon Gamliel, Havamina, I might think Hanamili Shar Svarim. I might think that by Sifre Torah, or by Shar Svarim, by, 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 by other books of the Torah, by the Nevi'im, Ksuvim, you're allowed to, you're allowed to write that in, um, in Greek. Havamagil, Dixivba, Kichsovim, Emelokum Ashman. But, by the Megillah, it specifically says Kichsovim. That you have to, that, you know, that it's recorded as it's written. So I might think, what does it mean as it's written? I might think it has to be written in Hebrew. It can't be written in Greek. So I might think that, if, if Rav and Shmuel simply says that Allah Chazak Shem Ben Gamliel, I might think that Allah Chazak Shem Ben Gamliel by other things. But by the Megillah, since it says, Kichsavim, as it's written, I might think it has to be in Hebrew. So Kamash Mon, Rav and Shmuel is saying that Allah Chazak Shem Ben Gamliel, that, um, that no, even that even the Megillah, the, the Rabbi Shmuel is saying that you're allowed to read the Megillah in Greek. That even the Megillah, <laughs> even the Megillah where it says Kichsavim, that can nonetheless still be written in uh, Greek and read in Greek. Continues the Mishnah of Alois Shoshama Ashur is Yotza. If a fellow um, is uh, not a Hebrew speaker, but nonetheless <laughs> hears the Megillah in Ashuris in Hebrew, he's nonetheless fulfills his obligation. Valo how could a fellow fulfill his obligation in Hebrew if he doesn't speak Hebrew? He doesn't know what they're talking about. So, well, women and uh, people who, I guess, were not particularly learn, learned, so they would be able to listen to the Megillah in Hebrew. So then Ravina says, I mean, we also don't know what certain things, you know, it's, it's not just those people. I mean, lots of people don't understand every single word in the Megillah, right? Friends, who could tell me what means? 
So Ele Mitzvahs, Kriyo, Fusume, Niso, rather, the point is that the Mitzvah is to read the Megillah and it's also Presume, Niso, which means that, you know, even if you don't necessarily understand the word, but you can ask somebody, hey, friend, what does this mean? And you're talking about the, and you're talking about the Megillah and, and, and there's like, um, you know, uh, um, pub, 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 publicizing of the miracle. So also by, by, by the Megillah, it's a mitzvah of, uh, to read it and to publicize the miracle and that can be done in Hebrew. Alright, let me tell you. So if, uh, if you read the Megillah, with like spaces, with like gaps, you know, you read a shtickle, you wait a shtickle, you read a shtickle, you wait a shtickle. The rabbis didn't know exactly what Seirugin meant. But then these rabbis who were students of Rebbe heard the maidservant in the house of Rebbe saying to the rabbis, that they were coming in like spurts. Some of them would enter, then they would take a break, then others would enter then they would stop. And then others would enter. And what do you think she said? Why are you coming in spurts? So then they realized, oh, well, now we understand what this means. It means that you can't read the Megillah in spurts. right? Uh, no, you taco aryote, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're, you're allowed to read the Megillah in spurts. All right. The rabbis didn't know what are chaloglogos. But then they heard the maidservant of the house of Rebbe who was saying to a certain fellow that he was, um, so what was he? He was like spreading out like purslane. Friends, what's purslane? Well, why are you, um, you know, what are you doing? With, why are you scattering your chaloglos? So they figured, uh, okay, chaloglos or chaloglogos, Chaloglogos, those are uh, purslane. The rabbis didn't know what does the pasuk mean. Salsaleh usomemeka. Shamuel amsed the Rebbe. They're the maidservants, <coughs> the maidservant of the house of Rebbe the Abbas. Amro laugava that she said to a certain fellow that he was playing with his hair. Amro le she said to the fellow. How long are you going to be twirling around and playing with your hair for? So they figured, all right, I guess that's what it means to play around with the, with the words of the Torah and it will lift you up. The rabbis didn't know, what does it mean? Throw on the abishter your load. One time I was traveling with a certain Arab fellow, a certain Arab merchant, called Dorino Tuna, and I was carrying episode. And the fellow said to me, take your load and put it on my camel. And they figured out, okay, Yehovcha means your load. The rabbis didn't know, what does it mean that I'm going to sweep you with a broom of destruction? Friends, doesn't sound, sounds like something you want to stay away from. A broom of destruction. I stay away from all brooms, Lamaisa. But then they heard the maidservant of the house of Rebbe who was saying to her friend, hey, go chop a rhino, what would we say? A broom. Go chop a broom and, and sweep. 
So then they realize, oh, okay, I guess means I'm going to sweep you up with a broom of destruction. Okay. The rabbis taught, fellow reads the Megillah in spurts. No problem. He's going to say, Rusin, lo yatsu. But if he reads it out of order, that's a problem. Ramona Omer, uwa, says Ramona, Mishuma Bihuda, uwa, in the name of Bihuda, Abiserugan, even when we uh, talk about spurts, Imshak de Ligmar is Kula Chosel Rosh, uwa. So, says Ramona, in the name of Bihuda, that when we say that you're allowed to read Megillah in spurts, you know, there's a limit to how much time, how much space there could be between each spurt, right? You read some of the Megillah and then you wait. So if you wait long enough that you could have finished it, and the Gemara is going to explain in a minute what that means exactly, then you have to start over. So you can't wait, you know, forever. Who says in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, excuse me. Omele Abai, so Abai says, so when Rav Mona says the name of Rabbi Yehuda, and you say that the Allah is like him, so when we say that if you take a break for enough time to finish it, finish it from where? Right? Mehecha Dukai Lesefa, is it talking about from where he is now until the end? So if he's halfway through the Megillah and then he takes a break, so if, if, if it's the amount of time that it would take to, to read the second half of the Megillah, then he has to read from the beginning. Or maybe it means from the beginning to the end. Even if he's halfway through the Megillah, if he waits long enough before he continues that he could have theoretically read the entire Megillah from the beginning until the end, then he has to start over. So if Yosef answers Abai and he says, that it means from the beginning until the end. That Kilo, no matter where he is, at the beginning, a quarter, halfway, three quarters, almost at the end, whatever it is, when he takes a break, if he waits long enough that he could have read the entire Megillah from the beginning until the end, so then he has to start over. Because if Abai, we would say that it's based on where you are presently until the end, well then that's uh, much more subjective. Because if I'm at the beginning, then it's the, I have more time. If I'm at the end, I have less time. So therefore, it's always going to be the amount of time to read the Megillah from the beginning until the end. Amr Abba, Amr Yirmiya Bar Abba, Amr Rav Uwa says Rav Abba in the name of Yirmiya Bar Abba in the name of Rab Halacha Kriv Mona that the Halacha is taka like Rib Mona that if you wait enough time to finish the entire Megillah, so you have to start over. Ushmuel Amr Ein Halacha Kriv Mona Uwa Shmuel says that the Halacha taka is not like Rib Mona. Right, what do you mean to tell you? So this is how they taught it in Surah. But in Pumpadisa, they talk and teach the Machlokas in the following way. Okay, so it says of Kahana in the name of Rab, instead of Rabba in the name of Rabbim and Baraba in the name of Rab. So it says of Kahana in the name of Rab. Halacha Kribmona, that Halacha is taka like Rabmona, Ushmuel Amr ain't Halacha Kribmona, and Shmuel says that Halacha is not like Rabmona. Alright. Rabbevai Masni Ipcha, Rabbevai Taka teaches that the opposite. Rav Amar ain't a locha kribmona, Shmuel Amar locha kribmona. Rav says that locha is not like Ravmona. Shmuel says that locha is like Ravmona, that if you wait long enough to finish the entire thing, you gotta go back to the beginning. Amar of Yosef, Nikotra Bevai Biodcha, and Rav Yosef says that Taka, what Rabbevai says, makes sense. The Shmuel who the Chayish Li Chidah. 
because over here, right, according to Bevi, um, Shmuel is being more strict, right? He's saying that um, if you wait long enough, they could have read the entire thing, you have to start over, as opposed to, you know, what, what the rabbis who are going to, on, on, on Ramona are saying, is that even if you wait long enough to read the entire Megillah, you, you, you don't have to go back, you can, you know, keep, you pick up where, where you left off. So, but Ramona is being more stringent and saying that if you wait enough time, to have read the entire Megillus, and you have to start from the beginning. So it says Rav Yosef that it makes sense to say like Rav Bevi says that Shmuel is saying that the Lachas like Rav Mona, i.e. Shmuel is being more stringent because right, because Shmuel um, he he sort of um, he's concerned about individual opinions when they are being stringent, right? So generally, of course, we say Yochid Rabbim Alachik that when you have an individual opinion and a and a consensus opinion. We uh, hold like the opinion of the consensus. However, says Shmuel, if the individual opinion is being stringent, so then we will hold like the stringent individual opinion, which in this case is Reb Mona. The Tananas v'Takalun and the Mishnah Shomeris Yovum Shekidesh Achivus Achosa Mishum Rabbi Yudah ben Besera Amru Omru Lo Hamten Atchiyaisa Achicha Gadol Maise Or Mishmuel Alachik Rabbi Yudah ben Besera Friends Yibum. Who's, who's excited for you, Vamis? Friends, it's coming up pretty soon. I mean, we're almost done over here with Masech Megillah. We got like, I don't know, less than two weeks in Masech Megillah. We got Moed Cotton, which is not very long. It's another four weeks. And then you got Chagiga, also not particularly long. And then you Vamis. Friends, here we go. What's this talking about? What's a, what, what, what's Yibum? So, no, if you have Epis Ruvain, Ruvain is married to Rachel, and Ruvain dies, and they don't have any children. So then, Ruvain's got two brothers, Shimon and Levi. Shimon, of course, is older, Levi is younger. Now, Rachel has a sister, Leah. Okay, fine. Sounds like a lot of fun. Now, so now, Rachel, who's the widow, she needs to marry Reuven's brother. So now really, uh, the mitzvah is that she should marry uh, Shimon, the older brother. But um, the, what's the chiddush about Rebutah ben Becerra is that he views it as though both Shimon and Levi both have some kind of a connection to Rachel until, you know, somebody makes a move, right? So therefore, if Levi, the younger brother, betrothes um, Leah, Rachel's uh, sister, so we say, hey, Levi, stop what you're doing. Don't, right? Of course, there's two parts of marriage. There's, there's Kiddushin and Nisuin, right? So if he already betrothed her with Kiddushin, we say, Levi, wait. Don't actually marry, like, don't do Nisuin. Don't marry um, uh, Leah. Wait until uh, your older brother Shimon Either it does Yibum with Rachel or does Chalitza with Rachel, but he views it as though, because obviously a fellow can't be married to two sisters at the same time, right? So, so, so therefore we say, hey, Levi, we view it as if, you know, until we figure out what the deal is with Rachel, you still have some kind of a connection with Rachel, because even though it's a, even though ideally Shimon would do Yibum with Rachel, still both Shimon and Levi have some kind of a connection with Rachel. And therefore, according to Rebutah ben Becerra, we say Shimon hold off on actually marrying Leah 
until, right, uh, Le, I'm sorry, Levi, hold off with marrying Leah until your older brother, Sh- yeah, Shimon, figures out uh, what to do, you know, either Yibam or Chalitza with Rachel. Holy shnikes, friends, this isn't even that hard. And already it's a brain twister. Friends, Yivamus is like 130 pages. All right, well, we just did about three lines of Yivamus. That wasn't bad. Yivamus, they say it's one of the three hardest Mesechtas. Let's go weiter. I guess it's, it's also the longest of the hard ones. Friends, let's go weiter. So again, so so let's read it again. So Ditnan, as we learned in the Mishnah, Shomeris Yavum. So Yav Rachel. Who, who was married to Reuven. Reuven passed away. They don't have children. Now there's a whole Yibum situation. Now, Levi betrothed Rachel's sister Leah. They said the name of Rabbi Yudabim Beseira. We say to Levi, hold off. Wait up. Wait, wait, wait. Don't marry Leah. Until your older brother Shimon makes a move. Either Chalitza or Yibum. And then once he does that, so then you're free to marry Leah. But until then, don't do anything. And Shmuel says that because even though the Chachamim argue and say, no, it's not that both Shimon and Levi are connected to Rachel because only one of them can do Le- can actually do Yibum with her. So therefore, the rabbis would say that Levi is Levi could just marry Leah. No problem. But... And um, Rabbi is more stringent and says, "No, Levi, just hold off until you figure out what's the deal with Sh- with Shimon and uh, and Rachel." And therefore, we see that Shmuel is uh, concerned about an individual opinion when it is um, uh, sort of more stringent. And therefore, it makes sense, like Rabbi is saying, that Shmuel's uh, that it's Shmuel who's saying that we have to be concerned for Ramona, friends. Let's go weiter. Taner Rabbanon, the rabbis taught Hishmit Basofer Osius. Opsukin, if the if the scribe um, skipped some letters, he, he missed some letters. Opsukin or or verses, friends. Uh, my my chaver Pesach Rothberg, he wrote my Megillah. It's a collector's item because he doesn't write Megillahs anymore. Yeah, you might actually you could see it if you're watching the video. That's my Megillah right there, but it's cut off a shtickle. Um. Anyways, yeah. Last year I was in Chutzlart, so I didn't have it with me, but uh, the plan. This year is to be in Israel, so I'll, I'll have the Megillah once again. Anyways, yeah, so Pesach Rothberg, he wrote my Megillah. It's a very holy, holy Yid. And, um, Hashem, he didn't forget any letters or verses. So, Tanar, Tanar, Hishmit, but Sofer Osius, Opsukin, if the scribe, uh, left out some letters or some verses, Vikara Nakore, and the fellow who's reading it, so he read those, he just kind of filled them in on his own. Like he just read them, even though they weren't there, because the scribe skipped them. Right, as though he's kind of like a, a translator who's translating, so he he fulfills his obligation. That's okay. We have a kasha. But one second, we have a brace that says that if there were letters in the Megillah that were rubbed out or they were torn, in Rishuma Nikur Kshera. Well, if you could sort of distinguish them, so then that's okay. Vimlab, you can't, if they're indistinguishable, so then psula, then it doesn't work. So how, you know, if we're saying that even if the letters are there, but they're sort of just indistinguishable, it doesn't work. Certainly, if they're not there at all, it should be a problem. So, kasha, bukhula, it depends. If it's entirely 
sort of smudged out and indistinguishable. So then it's a problem. But if it's only partial, right, so then, so then it would be okay. And we're saying here that even if you're like missing a few letters or words, it would be acceptable. If the um, fellow reading the Megillah skipped a verse, Lo Yomar, he shouldn't say, okay, fine, Ekra is Kula, Vachakaches, Ekra also Pasuk. He shouldn't say, okay, I'm not going to go back now. Let me just finish reading the Megillah and then I'll go back and, and read that verse at the end. No, he should not say that. Elikorim, also Pasuk Ve'elach, he should go back to the verse that he skipped and read that verse and continue from there. Nichmas Levesa Knesset, Sumotsutsibur, Shekro, Chetzo. If a fellow walks into the synagogue and it turns out that they're already halfway through the Megillah, so lo yomai should not say ekro chetzio ematziba vachakach ekro chetzio. So you should not say, okay, well, let me just at least chaperain the half that I'm that I'm experiencing right now, and then I'll go back and read the first half afterwards. No, elikori also mitchila also vatsofa. He's got to read it from the beginning until the end. All right, it sounds very nice. Misnam nemiotso. If a fellow is dozing off, then he he fulfills his obligation nonetheless. What does it mean? Uh, dozing off. It's been that again. No, nim v'lo nim. So he's kind of falling asleep, but also not falling asleep. Tir v'lo tir. He's kind of awake, but also kind of not awake. You call out to him, and he'll reply. But he does. He wouldn't be able to tell you anything uh, complicated. If you remind him of that pistol, be able to remember. All right, what do you want me to tell you? That, 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 that's what it means if a fellow is dozing off. But ideally, the fellow reading the Megillah won't be uh, dozing off. All right, let's go weiter. So the Mishnah says that if a fellow was writing a Megillah, or if he was uh, expounding the Megillah, or checking a Megillah, if he has intention so then he is Yote. I've got to be careful with my words because we had a whole Gemara in Rosh Hashanah about what exactly it means to have Kavana. Is it Kavana to be Yote the Mitzvah? Is it Kavana just to read? So I'm not going to, I'm going to be careful with my words and just translate literally, which is if he has intention, so then he fulfills his obligation. Hey, Chidomi. So what exactly, you know, how exactly is he uh, writing the this uh, this Megillah? He called Misada Psuka Psuka if he's first by heart saying each verse and then after he reviews each verse by heart he then writes it down who cares if he has intention I'll pet who but he's, re- he's, 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 he's reading the Megillah by heart right if we're saying that you know he's, he's, he's reading it as he's writing it and we're saying that he's saying the verses by heart before he then writes it down well then he's basically reading the Megillah by heart which we said is a uh, problem. So el duchasav psuka psuka v'karele. So rather, it's talking about where he reads each individual verse. Uh, I'm sorry, where, where he writes each individual verse and then reads the verse that he just wrote. Umiyatsa, but still, even if he has intention, would he fulfill his obligation? For Amr Chelbo, Amr Chama Bar Guria, Amr Rab, Halacha Kedive Amr Kula. So it says Reb Chelbo in the name of Reb Chama Bar Guria, in the name of Rab, that Halacha is. That, like the opinion, which is of Mary's opinion, that you must read the entire Megillah. And even according to the opinion, uh, which I believe is of Yehuda's opinion, that you only need to, technically speaking, you just need to read the Megillah from So, nonetheless, the entire Megillah would have to be written. Even if you don't, 
even if you only technically have to read from Yish Yehudi, nonetheless, the entire Megillah would have to be written. And therefore, how could it be that we're saying that this scribe can uh, write down one verse and then read that verse and then write down the next verse and then read that verse and be Yotze that way? But I thought um, the entire scroll would have to be written. Rather, it's talking about where there is, you know, he, he's writing a Megillah, but at the same time, he has another Megillah next to him that he's using sort of as, um, I don't know, as, as the source, and he reads one Pasuk in the Megillah, and then he writes it down in the new Megillah. So, so, so we're saying that in that case, if he has intention, so then he fulfills his obligation of reading the Megillah. So, fine. So, so, so again, the Mancho Megillah Kame, that there's a, another Megillah in front of him, a, a complete Megillah in front of him. Vikari de Mina Psuka Psuka, and he's reading one verse at a time from the complete Megillah, Vikos of Law, and then he's writing it down in the Megillah that he is writing, and therefore, if he has intention, when he's reading from the, from the, uh, from, from, from the, you know, sort of source Megillah, so then he fulfills his obligation. So let's say that this supports Rabbi Babachana. How come? Because Rabbi Babachana says the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Also, the Chitov Os Achas Shalom and Aksab. That says Rabbi Babachana, the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that you're not allowed to write down even one letter if you don't have sort of like a source text next to you. So Dilma Desramele Samuye. So the Gemara suggests, well, maybe um, the Mishnah. Um, is not uh, saying that you have to have sort of a source text next to you that you're using to, to as sort of a, a source for the text that you're going to be writing into the new Megillah. No, maybe, right, so so don't necessarily assume that what the Mishnah is saying is that you have to have this source text next to you. Rather, in the event that you did have your source text next to you, so if, while you're reading from the source text, before writing it in the new text, so if you had intentions, so then you're Yosef. But it's not necessarily saying like Rabbi Barbachan and the name of Yochan that you have to have that source text. Gufa, we said earlier, Am Rabbi Barbachan and Rabbi Yochan, also the Chitov Osachas Shalom and Aksab. Says Rabbi Barbachan and the name of Yochan that you're not allowed to write down even one letter in like a Sefer Torah, I guess, if you don't have a source text next to you. Mesri, we have a Kasha, Rabbi Shim ben Elazar. Says Rabbi Shim ben Elazar. There was a there was a story with Reb Meir that he went to make a leap year in a, in a place called Asya. And Darton, in Asya, there was no Megillah. So what did Reb Meir do? He wrote a Megillah on his own. He just by heart. He, by heart, he knew the text and he wrote it on his own. And he read from it. So what do we see? So we see that Reb Meir Taka wrote a Megillah. I'll pet. Reb Meir Taka wrote a Megillah. Um, without a source text. So how come Rabbi Babachana says that you need to have a source text? So Rabbi So says, well, Rabbi Meir is unique because about him, there's this verse, that your eyelids, I guess, will be um, um, straight uh, in front of you. That, um, that uh, he basically, he understood the, he knew the Torah really, really well. Therefore, he kind of knew the Megillah by heart and he could sort of write a Megillah based on his memory. But he was kind of an exception to the rule. What is it that your eyelids will be uh, straight before you? 
So he said to him, Torah. These are the words of Torah that it says about the Mesoifenu that you uh, if you take your eyes away from it for a second, so then you're gonna forget it. So even so they are straight before Reb Meir that um, he kind of knew them very well, very clearly, and therefore he was able to um therefore he was able to write a Megillah based on his um based on his own sort of memory, but in general it would not be allowed. According to Rabbi Khan and found of Khananel and of Khananel was um, writing Sifre Torah by heart. And Ravchizda says, look, Ravchananel, while while technically speaking, yes, the entire Torah you, you would be able to write sort of by heart because you know you know it so well. But nonetheless, the rabbi said, Nonetheless, you are not allowed to write even one letter, Shalom and Aksab, without a source text. Now, interestingly, from the fact that Rav Hananel says, from the fact that, um, that Rav Chizda says to Rav Hananel, that technically speaking, the entire Torah could be written, uh, um, you know, by, by, by heart for, 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 from you, because you know it so well. So which means that they were very clear to him, just like by Reb Meir. And nonetheless, Rav Chizda was still saying that you need to use a source text for Reb Meir Kosov. Reb Meir Kosov but why would Reb Chizda say that he needs to use a source text if, after all, Reb Meir was also very clear? It was very clear to him the words of the Torah, and he was allowed to write a a a, a, a Megillah. So Shas Adachak Shiny. So the Gemara says, well. In Reb Meir's case, it was an emergency situation. That's why he was allowed to write it by heart. But sort of in general, um, even if you know the, the, the text really well, you should use a source text. Okay, fine. So Shasad Chakshani, so, so a, uh, uh, sort of a, a, uh, sort of a, a difficult situation, an extreme situation is different. Abai Shara le Dvei Barchabu, the Mikhtar Tfilm, Mazuza Shalom and Achsav. Okay, so Abai permitted to the Bay Bar Chabu, they were like a, a, a sofa shop. They would like make like um, tefillin and mezuzahs things. So Abaya allowed them to write tefillin and mezuzahs without requiring a source text. Shalom and Aksab, without a source text. Kiman. So Kiatana, it's like the following Bryce, uh, uh, Tana. The Tana is learning Bryce of Yirmi, Omer says of Yirmi, Mishum Abenu, in the name of Abenu. Tefillin and mezuzahs, Nikhtava Shalom and Aksab, that you're allowed to write tefillin and mezuzahs without a source text. And you also don't need to etch lines into the cloth. The Allah is that the Tfilin do not require uh, sort of drawing like you like etching lines into the uh, cloth, into the parchment. But mezuzas do require those lines. Both Tfilin and mezuzas are allowed to be written without a source text. My time Migar is Grisim because they're very familiar. Everybody knows. Sort of the text is basically like Kriyashma and stuff. So therefore you can um, uh, read that without a source text. Friends, that was the uh, Yud Ches of Masech the Megillah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. At the beginning we kind of wrapped up our discussion from yesterday about um, sort of uh, the, 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 the canon of the Shemona Esrei and how we, we don't add things onto the canon. We then discussed reading the Megillah in different languages, right? Sort of anybody, you, right, you can read the Megillah in Hebrew and that's sort of acceptable. 
globally. Um, but then interestingly, we said that, you know, for English speakers, you could read the Megillah in English. And for, um, I don't know, French speakers, you could uh, speak the Megillah, read the Megillah in French or whatever it is. So that was uh, very interesting. We discussed what happens if you miss part of the Megillah. That's actually a very... Uh, right? So what, what, what if the fellow who's reading the Megillah misses a Pasuk or something? So he said, you go back to the Pasuk that you skipped and, uh, and, and you read from there. Don't, don't just like get back to it at the end. And, um, also if you get to Shul and they're halfway through, don't just listen to that happen and then go back to the beginning at the end. Rather, what you want to do is you want to read the Megillah from the beginning until the end and, 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 and hear the whole thing. We saw the opinion of Rabbi Babachana, the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that when you're writing, that when a scribe is writing a uh, Sefer Torah, uh, you should write it with a source text next to him. And we said that if, when you're writing a Megillah, if you have the source text next to you, and as you're reading from the source text and then writing into the new Megillah, you're having intention, um, I guess for, you know, at least in some capacity or another for Mikra Megillah, so then you are Yotze. We said at the end that when it comes to Tefillin and Mezuzahs, you don't need to have a source text because the, 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 the text itself is very, very familiar already. Friends, uh, that was Daf Yudches of Mesech Gila. I hope you enjoyed. Peace out.